Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm Megan. And I'm Serena. This week, we'll be discussing Chapter 16 of The Philosopher's Stone, Through the Trap Door. We'll head right over to Serena for the summary. Exams begin at Hogwarts, and Hagrid lets slip how to control Fluffy, revealing he also told a stranger in a pub. The trio tries to warn Dumbledore, but find that he has been summoned away. Worried that Snape is about to make his move to get the Philosopher's Stone, Harry, Ron, and Hermione decide to try and get there first. They make their way past Neville, who tries to stop them from breaking more rules, and use the invisibility cloak to get to Fluffy and the trapdoor. After putting Fluffy to sleep with the flute, they jump in and make it past each teacher's obstacle, including Devil's Snare, a living, deadly game of chess, and a potion riddle. Harry enters the last chamber alone, finding someone already there. This chapter, Harry's scar keeps hurting him, and he's learned to associate that pain with danger. And he deduces how convenient it was that Hagrid has always wanted a dragon and just happened to run into somebody who had one. When he confronts Hagrid, Hagrid says that he doesn't know what the stranger looked like, but they discussed Fluffy and Hagrid told him that if you just play him a bit of music, he'll fall right to sleep and then realizes once again that he should not have said that. And once Harry realizes that the stranger must have been whoever is trying to steal the stone, his instinct is to go to Dumbledore. So on the way to see Dumbledore, they run into Professor McGonagall. She tells him Dumbledore has gone to the ministry on urgent business. And Harry tells her he needs to see him about something important. And she replies, you think something you have to say is more important than the ministry. Now, I love Minerva. But this is a huge character flaw that we see in in most adults, really. Just because Harry's a child doesn't mean that what he has to say is not important. And in this instant, it actually happens to be more important than the ministry. I have this part highlighted as well, where she says, Potter, I know what I'm talking about. She bent down and gathered the fallen books. I suggest you all go back outside and enjoy the sunshine. Which, like, literally, we talked previously about how he didn't go to adults for help because for his entire life he was ingrained in him that they aren't safe to go to and not trustworthy and now she's just reinforced that belief by like not believing him and not trusting his word and like again now he's like i can't go to an adult when something is wrong that They're is not so true me. and like it really ticked me off that she said that to him and even just like it's a little belittling how she said you think something you have to say is more important yeah, yeah. it could be it, it is actually thank <laughs> you Hogwarts, bro you know what is in this school at the very moment yeah and then they tell her like we know about the stone and she's shocked that they know so to me that's an indication like they do know something listen to what they're telling you yeah 100 percent. no i thought the same thing so harry comes up with a plan to follow snape and keep an eye on fluffy and mcgonagall once again catches them and threatens to take away house points harry decides he needs to go after the stone himself and when the other two protest he tells them if voldemort comes back to power he'll flatten hogwarts or turn it into a school for the dark arts which is 
exactly what ends up happening in book seven. So he's adamant that he will die at the hands of Voldemort because he's never going over to the dark side. Which just <laughs> shed a tear. Also happens in book seven, but there's his Gryffindor bravery. He's like, nope, not going over. He's going to end up having to kill me for sure. So Hermione and Ron insist on going with Harry to retrieve the stone. And Hermione says to Harry, how do you think you get the stone without us? She's absolutely right, of course, but way to show Harry some confidence. <laughs> You can try without us. But like literally, she's the one that gets them through pretty much every obstacle. So through the whole series, like without Hermione, they would have been dead. So Harry brings along the flute that Hagrid gave him for Christmas. And how ironic that it's the flute Hagrid whittled for him. And then he uses it to put Hagrid's dog to sleep. Neville takes his stand and tries to stop them from going out. And he says he'll fight them if he has to. Ron calls him an idiot and Hermione hexes him. I mean, I do think Neville was being a bit overconfident, like trying to take on all three of them, but he's starting to have a bit more confidence in himself. And I don't like that they've used everything against him that they've told him not to put up with. Yeah, like when Ron says, well, not against us. I'm like, okay, you kind of sound like an asshole. Exactly. kind of sound like every government ever. Yeah. (laughs) And Hermione, like, was there not another way to do that besides putting a full body bind on him? It's Neville. Like, he's not that big of a threat. (laughs) But yeah, when Ron says to him, don't be an idiot, I'm like, oh, come on. Honestly. When Peeves gets in the way, Harry gets this clever idea to talk in the Bloody Baron's voice to scare him off. My question is, when has Harry ever heard the Bloody Baron talk? How does he know what he sounds like? I'm wondering the same thing. I'm like, do we hear the Bloody Baron speak? How do we know that he sounds like that? He must have done a good job because Peeves fell for it. (laughs) Yeah, but like, okay. I mean, I'm sure Harry hears him at some point. I don't think so. We don't, but I'm sure Harry does. I don't know. I don't feel like the Bloody Baron speaks to anybody. But anyway, we haven't discussed Peeves. So even though he's completely left out of the movies, he's a fun part of the books, except Megan, you. Oh, I think he's irritating. (laughs) Okay, so this is why he's irritating Megan. He's a poltergeist and he's been at Hogwarts since the founding in circa 993. Peeves is a tangible manifestation of the student's mischief. So that's how he came to be. And although he usually will listen to teachers, the only ones who can really control him are Dumbledore and the Bloody Baron. He has been a thorn in the side of many a caretaker. In 1876, caretaker Rancorous Carp devised a plan to trap Peeves. This plan consisted of an assortment of weapons, an enchanted bell jar reinforced by various containment charms. But this did not go as planned. Peeves ended up breaking out of the jar and was now armed with several weapons. The castle had to be evacuated for three days because Peeves amused himself by brandishing the weapons and threatening the students with death. The headmistress at the time agreed to sign a contract with Peeves in exchange for relinquishing the weapons. He would be granted additional privileges, which included a weekly swim in the boys' toilet on the ground floor, first choice of the stale bread from the kitchens for throwing purposes, a custom-made hat by Madame Bonhabille, and that was the last attempt to get rid of Peeves, and Mr. Carp was formed into early retirement for, quote, health reasons. Peeves continued to wreak havoc on the school. He would disrupt flying lessons by mixing the brooms with mops. He would interrupt Professor Binz's history of magic lessons to ask students questions about mischief-making. 
He once stole a portrait and demanded chaos in exchange for giving it back and then attempted to give them a self-portrait in its place. And at one point, Peeves conspired with Fred and George Weasley to steal the coffin of a vampire student named Victor Ketsuki because they felt that Victor had gotten a bit arrogant since becoming a famous vampire. Fred and George hid the coffin in the school kitchens and placed a glitter bomb inside so when Victor opened it, he would be covered in sparkly glitter. And so became Edward Cullen. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just a little bit about Peeves. So that's why he's such a pain in the ass, because he is a, a manifestation of all the students' mischief. Okay, that makes sense. And, like, he's a little less irritating, but just the way that he talks irritates me, I think. In it's actuality, just- that's the narrator of whoever you're listening to. <laughs> I'd read it myself. So, like, What do you mean the way he talks? The reading, how the way that he talks is written like i have had to look up so many of the words that he uses i'm like i don't even know what you're talking about bro what word i think it's just give me an example i'm i'm looking i'm looking okay like he calls them ickle um ickle firsties no he doesn't call them ickle firsties ickle something and that is another thing that bothers me like ickle ickle (laughs) well because he's very childish because that's where he comes from I don't remember what it is, but there's a word that he calls them, and essentially it means bugs. That's what it is. I looked it up, and he's really? calling them bugs. Yeah, he's calling them bugs. So now I just say bugs every time I come across that word. Because... <laughs> well, I'm interested in what that word is. <laughs> I have to find it. It's, it's a lot. I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they get to the corridor. The door's already open. We know that Hagrid's contribution is fluffy, and Harry puts him to sleep with the flute. And Ron kindly asks Hermione if she'd like to go down the trap door first. (laughs) Ladies first. (laughs) Such a gentleman he is. So this is another thing. Harry says, if anything should happen to me, go straight to the Owlery and send Hedwig to Dumbledore. Why didn't you just do that in the first place? McGonagall wouldn't let them up there. She told them they had to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Okay, so the next obstacle is Professor Sprout's Devil Snare. Then we hit Flitwick's flying keys and Hermione tries Alahamora on the door, but it doesn't work. This is what they should have used on the door guarding Fluffy. So um, next is McGonagall's gigantic chessboard. And I thought it was interesting, the significance of the pieces that each of them play. Ron takes the knight, who is like the protector. Harry takes the bishop. It's the one that they look up to and follow. And Hermione is the castle. So she's like refuge and home. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. So Ron being the noble knight sacrifices himself and the other two have to go on without him. This is the second time in the book that Ron sits out because he didn't go with them to take Norbert because he was in the hospital wing. And this happens quite a bit throughout the series where he has to kind of sit it out. Then we come to Quirrell's obstacle, which is the troll, and it's already knocked out. And I guess because we've already seen them defeat a troll, we don't need to see it again. <laughs> they were like, glad we didn't have to deal with that. And I'm like, don't you guys know how to do that now, though? Yeah, yeah you've already done it. One. And then we come to Snape's potion, which doesn't involve any magic at all. Harry's worried, but Hermione, being the highly logical person she is, figures it out. And it shows that there are many intelligent people in the world who don't have an ounce of logic in them. Snape's like the Batman of the wizarding world. Snape? He's like, I'm going <laughs> yes. logic instead of actual magic. Which one of those obstacles do you think you would have excelled at? The potions one. 
Me as well. I think I could have gotten that one 100%. I actually did it on paper and figured it out. Literally me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I could do this. <laughs> yeah. Serena, which one would uh, you do? I don't know. I feel like maybe chess. Are you good at chess? I didn't even know that. I mean, like, I'm not terrible at chess. <laughs> I'm not saying it would go well, but I'd be terrible at chess. And I'm not getting on the broom to chase the keys. I was surprised Hermione got on the broom to chase the keys. Yeah, she doesn't like flying. And that's another thing with the movie. It's only Harry who goes. In the book, they all three go and kind of quarter the key. Yeah. Yeah, And even the devil snare is different in the movie, too. Yeah, I'm surprised because in it's in the books that, that she doesn't like flying and she doesn't even do very well in flying lessons. She couldn't even get her broom to come up and she hopped right on that baby. I know, I was <laughs> like, she's improved in the one flying lesson that they had. <laughs> I forgot that they had all went on in the book. And even with the devil snare, she goes, there isn't any wood. I know. Are funny. you a witch or not? And then, and then she beats the logic puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Ron sometimes says some smart things, but in the movie, they just, I think in the movie, they just wanted to kind of use him as like comical relief. See, I know this because I have a media degree, like the way it fits into like the trio. When you see like trio friend groups in movies and TV shows and stuff, you have like the comic relief person, you have the one that's kind of like the brains, and then you have the courageous one. So literally, that's all they fit into those three categories, right? You have you have the comic relief that's Ron, you've got the brains, Hermione, and then you have the courage, Harry. So Harry once again tells Hermione to go back and tells her to send an owl to Dumbledore, which again, I don't understand. If you're sending him an owl anyway to come, why didn't you just wait outside the corridor for Dumbledore to come and take care of it? They didn't think they had time. In the next chapter, Dumbledore says like how the mirror works and how the stone is found. They didn't know that, right? So they didn't know that Quirrell was never going to be able to get the stone because he wanted to actually use it. So they, yeah, like they're operating on the fact that they don't have much time and they got to do it. Th- and they have to do it themselves because adults are not safe. They're not listening to them. <laughs> this is true. But this is the moment that we find out how Hermione was placed in Gryffindor instead of Ravenclaw when she says books and cleverness, there are more important things, friendship and bravery. See, and although she values the knowledge, she's learned that there are things that are more important So hanging out with Ron and Harry, I think, is what makes her come to this realization. And it just shows that who you surround yourself with makes a difference in your perspective and the way you you see things. It's true. A note to that as well is at the beginning, the reason that she could have been placed in Ravenclaw is we've kind of established that she really had no friends in the muggle world. All she had was knowledge. Now she finally has that friend and she's realizing that, yes, that is definitely more important than all the knowledge that I prioritized before. And she realizes that there's something different where at the beginning, that's all she knew. And I think too, when you hang out with people, like either way, it gives you perspective. You learn who you want to be, but you can also learn who you don't want to be. And Hermione actually learned this at a very young age, which is extraordinary. Most people don't learn that till later on in life. So Harry continues forward into the chamber and dun, dun, dun. It's neither Snape nor Voldemort in there waiting for him end chapter anything else you guys want to discuss yeah i didn't really have anything for that one it's pretty straightforward i feel like all right megan we're gonna head over to you for would you rather well we've kind of 
covered my would you rather question a little bit, considering it was would you rather win a game of Wizards Chess or a game of Quidditch? <laughs> but yeah, I'm going with Wizards Chess. We already established yeah, episodes like, ago. Serena's not, Serena's not getting on the broom to chase the keys, so she's not going to want to win a Quidditch game. I'm not <laughs> getting we, on we the broom either. We also established that we're yeah, we're not playing Quidditch. I feel like Megan's playing Quidditch. Yeah, yeah Megan's Quidditch. Good at Quidditch. <laughs> I'm 100% playing Quidditch. <laughs> Get me on that broom. Get me on the pitch. I don't want to be hit with... Oh, I guess that I have a chance of being hit. No, still Quidditch. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to have to brush up on my, my chest, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have some queens hitting you with chairs. Because honestly, I don't think I'm going to be good at either, but I, I'm not getting on the broom, so it's going to have to be chess. <laughs> All right, Megan, hit us with our homework for next week, please. All right, your homework is to read our final chapter of this book, The Man with Two Faces. <laughs> Are we pausing go? for dramatic effects? <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> I forgot to put it in. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be helpful. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>